I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant. I really appreciate you being here today. We have an excellent program today in studio, Mr. Bruce Glenn. He's the CIO and owner of the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. And Bruce, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be here. You know, we had a great conversation last time, and I thought maybe we'd kind of pick up where we left off on the milestones of financial life, you know, last time we spoke of those times when you go from being your first job to first home, children, uh, you know, making that good wage and so on and so forth. And we kind of built up through till about Medicare age, age 65, but we did not finish on through with uh, full retirement age, age 70 uh, milestones and age 72 in RMD. So I thought we might get into that a little bit today if that's okay. That sounds excellent. And I really enjoyed our last conversation. I thought that was just super helpful. So uh, a lot of things that uh, were kind of light bulb moments for me. So that that was good. So uh, so talking about retirement age, you know, and just uh, in, in thinking about that, you hear all of these numbers. So, you know, 59 and a half, 62, 65. Now you're hearing 67, 68. What is retirement age? I mean, it sounds silly, but what is it? <laughs> right. So it's a great question. So when people get their Social Security statement, and they used to send those out all the time now, that's you know, once every five years, unless you're over age 60. But anyway, you have three different numbers on that Social Security statement. One is what your Social Security estimate is at age 62, then what it is at full retirement age, and then what it is at age 70. So the full retirement age, if you're born after 1960, it's age 67. If you're born before 1960, uh, it, it takes two months, shortens that by two months per year that you're sub-1960. Hmm. But but that is the age that you could actually still be working, turn Social Security on, and not worry about making too much money. So this year, for example, if you made over $19,562 and you had started Social Security before your full retirement age, they would penalize you 50 cents on the dollar everything oh. that you make above that. Oh, so it wow. is important to you know not start Social Security before your full retirement age if you're planning on doing very much work. 
So that makes it just about not worth it. <laughs> I <laughs> well, mean, seriously. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're going to be a little bit over it, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you're still working your full career, yeah. it, it would kill you. I had uh, one gentleman come to my office a while back, and he he had been referred to me. And we sat down and got to talking about things. And he had just started Social Security the month before that. And he was like 64 years old and still working his full career. I said, stop, time out. <laughs> don't pass, go. Don't collect 200 bucks. Go straight to Social Security and stop that and explain yeah. it. And he, he was able to get it stopped because he had just started it. But, okay. Yeah, pretty big issue. So once you start taking that, after a little bit, you, you probably can't undo it, right? I mean, you're just – you're right. if you it take used, it, you take it. It used to be you could, and there's still a small window of time, but it used to be if you paid back all the money you'd received, ah. you could go back and let that Social Security start cooking again or resume that. But they, they've, they've cramped you know, cramped it down quite a bit from what they used to allow. So uh, 1960 or uh, after, you your full retirement age is 67. Right. And so if you take your retirement, your Social Security income at 65 or age 62 – you can do that, mm-hmm. and it's going to be less than maybe if you wait longer, uh, which is another question I have for you. <laughs> right. But, uh, uh, but, but so, so if you do that, and you can do that, but you're still working a job, and you're making, let's just say, let, let me make up a number, $50,000. I mean, you're still, you're still working, you're still generating about 50000 Well, everything over, let me round it to 20000 everything over that, in this example, $30,000, you're taxed 50%. Right. Yeah, if if you're under age sixty seven at that point, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, ouch. Yeah, that is huge. That is that is huge. So uh, I guarantee you, we we turned a few heads on that one. <laughs> so uh, so well. So should people start their Social Security at their full retirement age, or or should they should they have some considerations? Yeah, well, absolutely. There are some things to consider. So let's assume you are sixty seven at this point. And, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm still working, but should I start Social Security or not? So the downside of starting Social Security is that you may miss out on uh, that continual rise of 8% per year that you defer starting Social Security. Uh, but, you know, you'd also want to consider, you know, how healthy are you? What kind of longevity do you think that they'll be? Um, you know, if you don't feel like you're very healthy, then maybe you want to start that a little bit sooner. And then what are your cash flow needs? Do you need the extra money or not? And another thing that's a huge consideration, that's where we do a lot of planning here, is that if you're too heavy in your pre-tax dollars, uh, there might be some time frame and time window in there. And, and again, it's going to kind of you know, be contingent on when you're going to quit working. But there might be some opportunity there to convert some of your money from pre-tax IRA or pre-tax 401k to an after-tax Roth. And we can explain that and talk about that a little bit further. But um, that can help potentially diffuse what I call kind of a little bit of a time bomb that could be ticking at age 72 mm. when there's another milestone of an action you need to start taking called the required minimum distribution. And we'll get into that in just a little bit as well. But some folks more and more are starting to want to monetize some of that Social Security because, as you know, if you pass away, there is no residual benefit check there. Now, if you have a surviving spouse would be able to step up to the better of the two checks. Yep. But um, there's no otherwise, there's no monetary value of Social Security beyond that paycheck. So some folks may want to start that Social Security check, still work at 67 or older, and maybe invest that money. Or they might just want to you know, gift it to charity or whatever the case might be. But there is some monetary value if they actually put that money in their pocket and, and do something productive with it. Okay. And what's the latest that you can start taking your Social Security? 
Right. So, well, you can. You don't even have to start if you don't want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you're independently wealthy, you don't have to take Social Security. But okay. The, realistically, there's no value to waiting till past age 70. 70, okay. Right, because it's yeah. not going to keep rising uh, that 8% guaranteed rise on that mm-hmm. paycheck past pay, age 70. There's still cost of living adjustments and those type things, but the automatic you know raise every month that you're waiting to start it, it stops at age 70. So I would imagine if you are in you know pretty good health and let's say you have – a job or a career or you know something that you do that generates you an income that pays your bills and it makes sense i think i would just keep and guess what a lot of people are a young 67 68 70 years old i mean they're they're in great shape they're still working they still have careers and so i would imagine a lot of folks um Myself included, I'll probably be working till I'm 70 because I enjoy what I do. I might be working longer than that, but I th- I think it, so. If you're in good health, it would make sense to let that max out to 70 before taking it. I agree. In a lot of situations, it is, especially for business owners like ourselves. You know, we don't have any any interest in selling our businesses, no, so yeah. we want to keep keep active and keep sure. at it. You know, one another thing that people um, need to consider as well, especially guys. We spoke about this in the past. You know, on on average, guys are more apt to die before their spouses, and yep. um, you know, you know what I I attribute that to. They want to. We, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of ladies I've heard say that joke anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of ladies say, "Well, we live longer than you because we drive you crazy." And I so and, and I'm like, "No, leave me out of that one." But uh, I, I say it's because we do dumb stuff when we're young. Well, that's so, that's definitely true too. <laughs> that shortens our lifespan a little bit, right? But, but always think, always think about your family unit, though. You yeah, know, you know, if, yeah. If, because you starting your Social Security, you know, especially the guys starting Social Security before the max check, and if the ladies are going to outlive us, then it might be an advantage to let that keep cooking, so they have a better check to step up into yep. if they weren't the bigger breadwinner and had the bigger check in the first place. And that's that's what happened. My dad passed away, unfortunately. I still can't believe that. And uh, so when, when it was time, my mom, uh, his Social Security check w- would have been, it was larger than hers. So mm-hmm. so she was able to, like you said, step up to that level. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so what is a Roth conversion? Right. So that's something that, unfortunately, the term can get thrown around a little bit too easily. Some people think, oh, you should always do Roth or you should always convert your Roth. So Roth conversion is the process of taking a bucket of pre-tax money, whether it's your pre-tax IRA or traditional IRA, or maybe it's your pre-tax 401k or 403b or other type of a tax shelter, Mm -hmm. and paying the taxes now on some or all of it and converting that over to a tax-free benefit. But you need to think that through pretty carefully as far as if you're going to bump into a higher tax bracket. and, you know, you also need to think about, am I going to be doing some gifting when I'm age 72? Maybe I don't need to convert all that over because there's some tricks to the trade we'll tell you in a little bit about age yeah. 72. Okay. All right. So if this has caught your attention and you have questions, and I'll guarantee you there are a lot of people do right now, I would invite you to reach out to Bruce Glenn, the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. Anywhere in the country, they can help you at 913 563 Seven three two seven, the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas nine one three five six three seven three two seven. We'll have more with Bruce uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week: Is there a financial deadline that people need to look out for and be aware of? Yes or no? 
What are your thoughts? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. Now back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Is there a financial deadline that people need to look out for and be aware of at age 72? Your answers are yes or no. And the answer is... Yes, the answer is yes. And Bruce, why is that a yes? Well, age 72 is when you're required to your your first required minimum distribution. And you have a little bit of flexibility in that, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, there's a challenge in that if you have too much pre-tax money, then your required minimum distribution is going to be a pretty big number. And that's considered ordinary income. And with Medicare, they look at your income. They look at over a two-year, as you know very well with what you do, they look at over a two-year period of time. And so if you've got a big... uh, snowball of money that you're forced to take out at age 72, that could really mess up your Medicare premiums. Mm. And uh, so a lot of people get really shocked and, and taken off balance with that. Okay. All right. We are visiting today with Bruce Glenn with the Glenn Team Wealth Management at Infinitas. And if you want to reach out to Bruce and the excellent folks here in Kansas City, they can help you anywhere in the country at 913 that's the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas, 913-563-7327. All right, so Bruce, uh, before the break, we were talking about Roth conversion, and uh, I think there was something else you wanted to talk about, this uh, five-year rule. Right, so and part of that age 72, way you can diffuse that is you can convert some of your pre-tax money to Roth, in which case it wouldn't be forced out at age 72. The consideration there is anytime that you do a conversion or anytime you start a Roth account, you need to realize that there's what they call the first dollar in rule. So when the first day you put a dollar in that account starts a five-year clock. Hmm. And so if you take that money out before five years, then you blow up some of the advantages you get. Ah. So there's kind of a five-year rule once you start, you know, start that account, let it kind of nurture. And, uh, and again, on that age 72, you know, the way to help diffuse that a little bit is maybe you want to be having, you know, have some of your money put in as a Roth contribution if your 401k allows that. And that way you've got choices, you know, some pre-tax and some after-tax. That sounds excellent. And if this sounds confusing, guess what? That's because it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so, Bruce, I'm glad that you know what you're talking about. (laughs) So uh, let me just remind our listeners to call 913-563-7327. And, Bruce, if someone's listening and they're not sure what they have, maybe they want a look, maybe they want a second opinion, maybe they want to consider uh, moving some of their investments or, or possibly working with you. Uh, uh, it, it, is that, uh, do, you, do you talk to people in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. We do complimentary second opinions okay. uh, and review of what folks have going on and do a complimentary retirement plan for them and make sure they're on path for their goals to be achieved. And if not, this this have a conversation about what we need to do to tweak that. Do we need to save more, consider spending less, working longer, uh, maybe some of those tax advantages where maybe convert some money in some gap years between your working years and your uh, Social Security starts. There's a lot of things we can do that can make a huge difference over the matter of 10, 20, 30, 40 years in the future into retirement. So 
Uh, it's never too late to start planning, but it, it's the sooner the better. Absolutely. All right. So why is age 70 such an important age? Right. So age 70, I think it's important because, first of all, you make that uh, that, that health. You know, hey, I made it to 70. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Champagne and, and, and uh, no you know, kidding. fireballs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, age 70 is the point that Social Security will no longer have that automatic rise as far as your 8% deferred. And that's the max. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. I really I really stress that if you're getting close to 70, you have not started your Social Security, you really need to go ahead and get that started. And if you don't think you need it, I would definitely get it started unless you just want to have the government hang on to the money for you, and you can do that. Yep, yep, okay. All right, and then um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this year, one of the highest cost of living adjustments for Social Security uh, ever, and, and I think uh, in the about 40 years ago, maybe it's similar, but 8.7% increase for Social Security recipients. Right, going back to the early 80s when inflation was even higher than it is now. Yep. Uh, but it's been an awful long time since we've seen this kind of a cost-of-living adjustment. So that is a, a big help for folks that are on that Social Security fixed income. It, it, it is going to have a pretty good rise next year, so that's good news. Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that you know it, it was a, a, another huge uh, increase back when when the inflation was was super, super high as well. So, And what what is it, 8 Point two, I think, right now. Inflation right now. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It is. You know, it's kind of funny. It's, it's actually, uh, and the market has its expectations when these inflation numbers come out. And if the if the inflation numbers where they want it to be at, the market's happy. If it's not, then the market's not happy. And in September, the market was expecting eight point one percent, and it yeah. came in at eight point three. It's only missed by two tenths of a percent. But at that point, it was the fourth straight month in a row that it had improved. Not a lot, but it had improved four straight months in a row. But it missed by two-tenths, and the market just didn't like it. And, mm-hmm. and we actually, the end of September was what I consider a double bottom. We had had a bottom in June, and then we kind of revisit that bottom here at the end of September. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's the bottom, you know, this, the double bottom, and hopefully we're going to be moving on forward from here. Recently, it has been better. And then last week, the number for September came in at 8.2, but it was expecting 8.1. Ah. So, again, it missed, but it didn't miss by very much. Well, it was close enough the market actually liked that. So. It's kind of confusing between what the number really is and what the market, the Wall Street market, is expecting. Yep. And, and that causes that volatility. Yep, absolutely. So what is an RMD? Right. So the RMD is required minimum distribution. And this has changed. It changed during COVID. So it used to be at age 70 and a half, you had to start taking some of your money out. It starts around 3.6% range, but it's it's a time-bound, uh, age-bound formula and it depends on how much money you had in your pre-tax bucket at the end of the prior year. They changed that to now you don't have to start doing this till age 72. But in the first year that you have, uh, you hit that number, you don't have to take it when you turn 72. You can defer it till April 1st the following year. But you got to be careful about that because if you don't take it in the year you first turn 72 and you, you wait till next year, you're actually taking two RMDs in the same year. So you need to kind of think, am I working still at age 72? But maybe I'm not going to be working at 73. So maybe you would want to defer it. Otherwise, they normally say, go ahead and take it in the year that it hits you. Again, give or take those different things that you may have going on in your own personal uh, wealth situation. But uh, yeah, that, that is a very important uh, time frame. Okay, then any potential tricks or treats <laughs> to help with that uh, RMD mandate? Yeah, good, good point there being October. So you know, the Medicare takes a two-year look back, so that, that's kind of the trick of that. You want to make sure you don't have any more income that you have to have and not kick you into a higher Medicare premium uh, price than, than you really want to afford there. But some of the treats or some things you can do, again, you can pre-plan or you might be able to convert some Roth, you know, pre-tax Roth to kind of diffuse that required minimum distribution a little bit. But you can actually take that money 
if you want to, if you're charitable and you're gifting anyway to a non-for-profit 501c3, you can take that required minimum distribution out of your pre-tax money and have it go directly, and I say directly, to the non-for-profit. If you don't take possession of that money, you never actually received income, but yet you did satisfy the government's requirement to move that money out of that tax shelter. Ah. So, you know, and then the non-for-profit doesn't pay taxes. So that, that's a, a great opportunity right there for that charity to get a tax-free, you know, gift there and help you out, too. That is excellent. Reach out to Bruce Glenn, the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas at 913-563-7327. And uh, Bruce has all of the answers offering a complimentary review. I would definitely take him up on that. 913-563-7327. And Bruce, thanks so much for being here today. This is this is complicated stuff, and I'm really glad that you understand all of it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Steve. My pleasure. All right. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So it is that time of year again. And you're like, what? Like close to Halloween or fall? And well, yeah, all of that stuff. Plus (laughs) Medicare Open Enrollment. And I think technically you're supposed to call it the annual enrollment period, AEP, but uh, I just call it open enrollment because that's what I like to call it. So how about that? (laughs) But anyway, uh, that is every single year, October the 15th, so we're already there, obviously, and that goes through December the 7th. So that is your window to review your Medicare plans, uh, maybe consider changing from one plan to another. There are all sorts of if and then and gotchas and all of that stuff. So uh, I always recommend talk to a, a, a Medicare broker that can represent all of your different options to make sure that you're getting a look at uh, everything available to you. And so, for example, uh, I think my mom is going to keep her Medicare supplement plan in place. It's a great plan. It's uh, affordable. It covers just about everything. It's a plan N, as in Nancy. And that that's uh, a Medicare supplement plan pays that 20% that Part B does not pay for, right? So so that's uh, that's why you want a Medicare supplement plan to tie into Part B. And then we're going to take a look and review her Part D, her prescription drug coverage. And I'm pretty sure that we could probably do a little bit better. They're going to raise the premiums up quite a bit on her. They're changing the formulary. So we're going to take a look at all of that stuff and make some changes to where it's a better plan for her. And again, every single year, if you're a Medicare recipient, October the 15th through December the 7th, is that annual election period, uh, otherwise known as Medicare Open Enrollment, and that is your opportunity to take a look and make some changes uh, or not. That's your option. And then if you do make changes, like I'm pretty sure we're going to change my mom's Part D coverage, 
then those changes are effective January the 1st. And then that plan will then be with you for that entire year. If you are a procrastinator and you put this stuff off till tomorrow and then tomorrow ends up being December the 8th, you are too late and you will be kind of stuck with whatever coverage you had this year. That's the coverage you'll have for next year. Now, I'm going to have a couple of different Medicare experts on the program for you here in the next few weeks. And one of my questions to them will be, are there any exceptions to the rule of only being able to change your coverage that one time per year? And I do know that there are some exceptions. So we'll talk to them about that. But again, just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up and a teaser, again, that I'll be having a a, a couple of different Medicare experts in studio to talk about everything you ever wanted to know about Medicare and your options and what plan is right for you. All right, let's get right after it. And now, Senior Care in the News. A news report from Steve Keeker, president of Senior Care Consulting. Okay, so this is from McKnight Senior Living, and they they put out an electronic blast with a ton of news uh, multiple times per week. This is from McKnight Senior Living, October the 18th. Staffing shortages ease for skilled nursing facilities, but they're not out of the woods yet. And so, first of all, when I read that, I'm like, I don't know of any shortages that are easy. <laughs> I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, but it went on to say skilled nursing properties reporting shortages of nursing staff dropped from 28% January okay, to 20, I'll just round it up, 21%. In September. So that's a big, big, big drop in nine months. That's according to the National Investment Center for Senior Housing and Care. And also it said the shortage of AIDS. So that would be certified nurse AIDS and certified medication AIDS or CMTs, certified medication texts, uh, dropped from 29, basic, I'm going to round these things, 30% to 22% over that same time period. It said, however, the shortage is still considered severe. So I was, I mean, I was encouraged to read that, but gosh, every single place that I talk to, every single person that I speak with, uh, they're I mean, I think things are getting a little bit better, but we're nowhere close to what we were pre-COVID. So one of the indicators that I see when I go out and tour with my clients, tour these communities with senior care consulting, uh, you know, I ask a lot of questions that most people wouldn't even know to ask while we're there gathering our information and seeing the place and meeting some people. And uh, one of the questions I ask is, you know, do you use temporary nursing agency for staffing? So before COVID, so before what about March 2020, Most places had a sufficient pool of staffing that they could pull from if someone called in sick or had had jury duty or whatever, that they they didn't need to depend on a temporary staffing agency to bring in a staff person. Well, then COVID hit and all hell broke loose, right? I mean, really, I mean, the, the world blew up. People were testing positive and they couldn't come back into the building for 14 days. And if you had a staff or two or three all of a sudden, with no notice, boom, they're out of your building for, 
you know, 14 full days, two full weeks, and then and then you have staffing that's starting to become a little bit of a shortfall. You had to start reaching out to these temporary nursing agencies and bringing in the super expensive temp to work on the floor. They didn't know your residence, uh, et cetera, et cetera, but at least they were there. So the thing that I'm seeing now is that a lot of senior care communities that I'm going into, they no longer have to depend on and use temporary staffing agencies for their staffing. So it does seem to be better, but I'll, I'll just tell you, it's still, we're not out of the woods and there's still a major shortage. And, you know, I, I know my wife, is, she's a registered nurse at a busy family practice uh, group. And, you know, they don't have enough backup nurses. They can't seem to hire enough uh, office uh, staff for the front office. It's just incredible to me that, you know, so many people uh, today are a no-call, no-show for interviews. Uh, it is just crazy. So I think we have a societal thing going on along with a genuine shortage, and that's just uh, crunch time for so many businesses, including healthcare and more specifically senior-related healthcare. All right, another report from McKnight Senior Living, October 13th, aggressive rate increases needed in long-term care. And I'm like, oh, laudy, don't, don't too aggressively increase those things. <laughs> They're already unaffordable. Uh, but it, it says, uh, due to increased debt costs and other inflationary-related pressures, rate increases in long-term care are inevitable. And uh, this individual, Evans uh, Senior Investments Director Chris Lowe's, uh, said he called for operations to aggressively raise their rates. And then I would just add that along with inflation, literally every single thing has gone up in the world of senior care. You know, just like our groceries, our personal groceries, our heating bills, our debt payments, et cetera, et cetera. The cost of every single thing in the entire world <laughs> is going up, uh, including at all of these senior care communities. And then there's another major issue that's driving up the cost, and that is the cost of labor. And remember, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, I referred to this that you know they have to pay more for labor because uh, you know because of the shortage and the average hourly costs for. And I was talking about home care at that point. You used to be able to hire a quality home care agency to have someone come into your home and help you around your house uh, at twenty five dollars an hour or so, maybe twenty eight dollars. Now it just instantly popped up to thirty five to forty dollars an hour. That is. Due to one thing and one thing only, and their cost increased, and that is related to having to pay the staff a lot more to get reliable quality staff that they want representing you know their business and coming into your home and doing a good job and all of all the things uh, so so that staff cost increase is is driving uh, all of this, and that is a major driver of it. Right? And it's the same labor pool that physician practices and hospitals and, and nursing homes, assisted living communities, et cetera, they all have to compete within that same labor pool. So the, the, the rates are going up, gas is going up, the cost of food is going up, uh, the, the, the taxes are going up, <laughs> the cost to heat the building is going up, and the question is, where will all of this end? I have no idea. And coming up next, I'm going to visit with you about memory care. You don't want to miss it. 
You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so I want to talk about memory care. It is sometimes it's a very confusing term. I think sometimes, in fact, I know many times it is used, that term memory care is used inappropriately. And I think sometimes it's intentionally used to mislead. So, remember the mission of the program to provide information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And I want to talk about this. I've, I think I've referenced it before, but let's talk about memory care. So, what is memory care? So, for the purpose of this conversation, we will limit memory care to memory care that is provided in a senior care community. That could be at any level, residential care, assisted living, home plus, and long-term care. So to be clear, every single senior care community in the United States of America provides memory care. So if they say that, they would be correct. And what that means is in every single senior care community around the country, you will have at least a a number of residents with at least some mild cognitive impairment. Pleasantly confused. (laughs) Okay, and that's okay. That's okay. They get along just fine. You may not even know for a while or recognize that there's a memory challenge with a particular person. So all of these different communities can and they do provide care and support and assistance for individuals with mild cognitive impairment, some of these memory challenges. So that's why every single one of them said, oh, yeah, yeah, we we provide memory care. But what they may not, and they may tell you, but many times they may not tell you that they have their limits. They have their limitations. So, The big, huge warning here is that if your loved one has memory challenges, let's say early early signs and symptoms of dementia, uh, the the bad news is that that, that's not going to improve. You can take some of these medications and may slow the progression, but it's never going to turn around. You don't get your memory back, unfortunately. Now, I I do believe sometime in my lifetime that they will – uh, get this uh, figured out. Huge break breakthroughs in the in the area of Alzheimer's disease research. Maybe I'll have uh, an expert on the program sometime to share some of these updates. They're jaw dropping. They're they're very very exciting. But the fact is, when you, if you move into say assisted living or wherever it is, and you have early early signs and symptoms of dementia, pleasantly confused. Then if you live there over a period of time, you will start to decline and some of these symptoms may start to escalate. So all of these places have their threshold, if you will, for helping someone live successfully at the residential care level of care, assisted living level of care, 
Home Plus level of care and long-term care, also known as nursing home level of care, because you can have memory care in all all of the licensed levels of care, every single one of them. Memory care is not a place and it is not a level of care. There's no licensure for memory care, okay? It is a type of care, a special type of care for residents with cognitive impairment that could be found at all of the different levels of care. So the warning here is that unless you're ready to move your loved one out of the place that you're in or you're considering to another place, do yourself a giant favor and do a little investigation. This this is why so many people contact Senior Care Consulting so that they, they want to make sure they don't make a mistake here. But I would make sure that the place you're considering has a designated or a separate or a secured memory care unit or a memory care neighborhood. Okay, and what that is, is it is a portion of the building that is, it's separated. So you've got walls and you have doors and this is a locked or secured unit. That's because it's very common for someone with dementia or one of the many forms of dementia it's very common at some point on that decline, and everyone's different, but at some point on that decline, it's very common for someone to begin to wander, not wonder, but wander. So walk around, cruising around. You're not trying to cause any troubles, but you look outside and you're like, oh, I wonder what's going on out there, right? And so you walk outside. It's zero degrees. It's 100 degrees. There's traffic coming from both ways, four lanes, and you don't understand because you have dementia, you don't understand these are bad things. So they have to protect you from yourself and make sure that you're in a locked or a secured part of the building so that you can't just walk outside and unintentionally place yourself in harm's way. That's a big, 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 huge deal. So if your loved one is in a place that does not have the separate secured area or part of the building, a memory care neighborhood, if they don't have that and your loved one starts wandering and the front doors are unlocked and wide open and anybody can come and go, guess what? About the first or second time your loved one walks outside and places themselves in harm's way, you're going to get a call. Well, you get a call the first time. They may or may not let your loved one stay there. The second time, you're going to get a discharge notice. And you might get it on the first one, <laughs> right? Because they can't, they can no longer guarantee their safety but if there's a memory care unit or neighborhood guess what they just transitioned from one part of the building providing general care back to the memory care neighborhood so they've got codes on the doors it's not a prison you can leave the area you just need to be accompanied for your own safety and security and well-being so you've got codes on the doors it's a smaller space and it's smaller on purpose because uh, another major issue with dementia and one of the many forms that all the all the forms of dementia is it's uh, at some point again at some point on this decline it's pretty common to become overstimulated and it's pretty easy to become overstimulated so it's a smaller space a 30 foot long hallway is easier to deal with than a 130 foot long hallway 20 residents in the area easier to deal with than 120 residents you get the idea so less stimulation fewer residents activity programming you have more activities for shorter time frames shorter periods of time you generally have more staffing and they're generally speaking most memory care units or neighborhoods 
Uh, that staff has some special Alzheimer's and dementia training. Some training programs are really specific and incredible, like the Tipa Snow Dementia Training Program. There are others as well. And so they expect to uh, have to redirect a, uh, an individual who's trying to get out. Uh, they, they expect sundowning. They expect all of these issues that are associated with having dementia, one of the many forms of dementia. So memory care is a type of care that is offered at all of the different levels of care. And I just really wanted to touch on that today. If you have questions about that, reach out to me at Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800. I'd be happy to answer your questions. If you need placement assistance, we can help you with that as well. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.